Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Blocks Decoded podcast. I'm Dan, and I'm joined by the usual threesome of Gavin, Joe, and James. Say hello, guys. Hey guys. Hello guys. Hello guys. Hello. How are you all doing? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. It's a nice sunny day here in uh, in London. Been one of the rare warm. days, huh? Yeah, yeah lovely exactly. weather here. That's not unusual for you, is it? No, no, I mean, uh, I think it's about 30 degrees here at the moment. No idea what that is in Fahrenheit, but uh, hot. Lunchtime, 30 degrees. It'll get up to about 35 this afternoon. Yeah, I get by. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Okay, guys, so uh, today's podcast, we're going to talk about uh, Bitcoin's future in the USA. I don't know if you guys saw that uh, one of the senators, or was it a congressman there, called for a ban of... Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Uh, we're going to have a look at Nakamoto's Satoshi Nakamoto's true identity. Uh, there was a big reveal today, so that was very exciting. Uh, the battle for dominance between crypto and fiat currencies. Uh, but first, only one show in town, really, and that is the price of Bitcoin, which I'm sure if you've been following the news, you've seen it's been skyrocketing uh, in the last, well, in the last six weeks, really. For those that don't follow the news, Spent most of 2019 at, well, bouncing between three and a half and four thousand dollars. Early April, it went up to six thousand, and then just in the last couple of days, in mid-May, so six weeks later, it's now up at eight thousand. So, we've seen a jump from four thousand to eight thousand in six weeks or so. So, everyone's rich now. Then we can all retire, right? Yeah. Yep. That's it. I'll be cashing mine in. If yeah. it keeps going up, I'll be I'll be actually cashing it in, unlike the 2017 one where I missed it. <laughs> it's already on the way down by the time I saw. Yeah, I mean, uh, you were getting in at the top when it was at twenty thousand and watching it slump back down oh, to four. Which yeah, it's it's yeah. a lot of people, you know, bought in at twelve thousand upwards. So yeah. there's still a way yeah. to go for some people. What, what do you think about this? Are you surprised that it's bounced up so much in the last few weeks? Um, I am. I'm slightly surprised um, that it has risen so considerably because uh, you have to think that the amount of people. Sort of the regular public aren't may not be in there just yet. Mm-hmm. I think once it reaches maybe the sort of ten thousand, eleven thousand mark, you'll start to see a lot of people, regular people, suddenly going, "Oh, it's that Bitcoin thing. It's going to rock it again." Remember what it did last time, and and perhaps from there it will uh, rapidly escalate, like it did in the latter stages of of twenty seventeen. Absolutely. And what do you guys think? Joe, any thoughts? What? Yeah, it's, well, it's really interesting um, how high will it go this time before it yeah. comes back down? That's a big question, isn't it? it, will, it will it go to 50,000? Will it go to 100,000? Will this keep going until oh. December? Or is this just going to last like another week? I mean, that's the question, is it? Are we, are we seeing the start of a true bull run or are we seeing it just, you know, another mini bubble that's going to go pop in no time at all? Mm-hmm. And you got any reasons why you think it's going up? I know I've been checking my uh, my my altcoin holdings, and they're they're definitely looking really really sad. So there's a lot of money obviously come out of all the altcoins to to boost Bitcoin up. More come. Yeah, up. but all of the altcoins, certainly most of them in the last couple of days, have generally followed the trend. You know, just scrolling down now, a couple of up thirty percent, ten percent. Um, obviously, a few things have pulled back slightly today, but generally everything else has ticked up slightly to follow Bitcoin's lead. And I think I'm right in saying that the volume now on Bitcoin has risen significantly as well. I mean, it's just jumped from one day to the next. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I mean no, I was going to say what I was going to ask you where you think it is coming from, which is, I mean, I've got a couple of pointers written down here and say, I mean, is it the whales? Is it institutional money? Is it 
the Bitcoin halving that's coming up soon, or you know, is it just most There's elaborate def- scam that we've seen yet on Bitcoin? It's definitely unusual because the last time round there was sort of like a considerable amount of media hype, like you know, regular mainstream media hype mm-hmm. that kind of drove the prices towards the latter part of 2017. So it was rising, but then. Like as soon as the mainstream media caught hold of it, that was when the price skyrocketed. So to have such an enormous jump in the last few days without any mainstream coverage is uh, is unusual. I think one thing, um, obviously, President Trump announced uh, a whole raft of uh, new sanctions against China. So I think that may have had something yes, to do with point. it. Perhaps people pulling out, and the stock market obviously took a massive hit. The U.S. stock market and U.K. Uh, in reaction so money coming out of the traditional investment into bitcoin perhaps yeah and you've got that uncertainty with brexit here in the uk mm-hmm. um weak pound has always been good for bitcoin yeah it's true yeah yeah what what does it say for bitcoin if it does crash again in the next let's say month or six months and we see it drop back down to three thousand i mean are people at what point do we start asking serious questions about what's driving the money i, th- I think it it depends how you value Bitcoin, though, doesn't it? If you value Bitcoin as as a blockchain, blockchain technology that's going to be just there in the future and it's going to underpin loads of other technology services and what have you, then you don't really have to be necessarily that worried about the price of an individual coin because you're focusing on what's behind it whereas if you are in it for the money if you're looking to make a quick buck then obviously you are going to be panicking if suddenly there's a massive retrace back from like you said eight back down to three or four or or even lower you know so i think it will only time will tell yeah but don't forget that um sorry james that people have declared bitcoin dead you know hundreds of times when it hundred (laughs) dollars a thousand dollars ten thousand dollars um, it just it may die, but it just keeps coming back. It's like some sort of vampire. <laughs> <laughs> so prediction time. Where do you think Bitcoin is going to be six months from now? One million dollars, so that John <laughs> doesn't have to. With a little little finger by your lip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I no, I, I'll go for more conservative. I think maybe it will keep going up, get up to twenty thousand again. Why not? I'll say that in six months is going to be at the same level as it is now. I think it will run up again, drop back down again. Yeah. yeah so, so that takes us, us to November, maybe sort of mm. end of November, December. Cool, that's a really tough one to call. I'm going to say about 10, 10 to 12,000. 10 to 12, my word. Come on, guys. A rocky, a rocky ride passion. between that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just light my to the moon ship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I come with you? <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, let's move on then, guys. So next up, Bitcoin ban in the US. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this. A US, I think I'm right in saying congressman. Uh, yeah, it's a congressman. Senator. Yeah, I got that wrong at the start. Uh, Brad Sherman, a Democratic congressman, has called for an outright ban on cryptocurrencies in the United States. He said, uh, the quote, nip this in the bud in part because an awful lot of our international power comes from the fact that the dollar is the standard unit of international finance and transactions. Uh, he then goes on to talk about tax, Iran, oil, but, but he's basically coming up with every conspiracy theory he can think of. So what do you think, guys? Bad idea? Yes. Yeah, in a I, I, just, I, just, <laughs> I just don't think you can enforce that. 
No, that, I mean, that's what the crux yeah. of this is, isn't it? Is it even practical? Surely the very nature of Bitcoin... That's, that's the whole point of it, right? Mm-hmm. So... You only have to so look what, at um, places that have tried to ban it, or at least ban exchanges and what have you, China. And, uh, South Korea banned crypto for a while, I can't remember, but um, it doesn't work. It's been shown repeatedly that you can't ban it because it's, well, because it's decentralised. It's there in the name. It's something that you can't stop unless you turn off all of the power in the entire world. So saying that he wants to ban it is just... I don't know, grasping, grasping at straws perhaps. He's terrified that the US is going to, the US dollar is going to lose its central role in the global financial system. So. And it sounds like he misunderstands technology on occasion because he also criticized Facebook um, and tweeted, I guess they think it's okay to mine and sell the privacy of ordinary Americans, which, you know, I think most of us would agree with. As long as they help terrorists avoid detection and sanctions, and that was in relation to Facebook developing their own crypto. So it sounds like he leans heavily on the slightly conspiracy side of things to justify criticizing these technologies. So there are legitimate criticisms of most technologies, but it doesn't sound like he's got that in mind when going at them. Mm. Sure. And this... This isn't, to be fair to the United States here, in any way indicative of the national policy or what the rest no, of the no. what the rest of the lawmakers there are thinking about. You know, I, I saw here that Bill Foster, uh, who was a, another congressman who's now on the blockchain caucus, said policymakers and industry can work together to realise this promise and unlike, unleash cryptocurrencies' economic potential in the United States and around the world. So, um, and there was a congressional report, March 2018. Um, which compared cryptocurrencies to uh, the internet and how that came to be in the uh, in the 1990s. It said the buzz mm. surrounding digital currencies resembles the internet excitement in the late 1990s. Many internet companies launched and their valuations took off in short order. Many failed, but a few succeeded spectacularly and challenged the conventional ways of doing business. So, and it's, it's, this is, doesn't seem like this is even a one of those situations where it's Democrats versus Republicans because both Bill Foster and Brad Sherman are both Democrats, what I understand. So, Yeah, and from across the aisle, uh, Hester Pierce, who is a um, commissioner for the SEC, um, she's leading up part of the investigations into Bitcoin. She came out recently and said that she's worried that dragging their feet with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency regulation is only going to hinder the development of a budding uh, industry. So there's no point in keeping holding it back if it's obviously something that is going to happen and people are investing in. There's no point in continuing to fight against what it is. No, absolutely. And it's one of those situations, as we touched on there, that when something becomes established and lots of people are using it, it's very hard to then turn around and stop that, whether it's Bitcoin or anything else. So... Uh, okay, let's move on, guys. Next one, the reveal of Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, revealing double coins. <laughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> so, for those of you that don't know, there was a new website that launched... Uh, well, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not sure exactly when it launched, called Got Satoshi, who and the site was supposedly run by Nakamoto himself, which... Probably should have set all sorts of alarm bells ringing before we got anywhere near this date. But uh, during the annual consensus conference over there in New York, um, this reveal finally took place. Uh, And it's safe to say we didn't actually need a drum roll at all. 
you know, people would say maybe they're going to jump on this great right bandwagon that we've been talking about here over the last couple of weeks. He's still doing all sorts of crazy things. But no, it was a reveal of a crypto news outlet that features the world's first AI anchor. So what do you think about that, guys? Well, so before we started recording, we were just going through what we were going to chat about and the news articles. And I said, I don't think that the launch has actually happened yet because I haven't seen anything about it. And it turns out it was so weird and completely unrelated that I'd mistook this for something completely different. I didn't realize this was the announcement because it's got nothing to do with Satoshi at all. <laughs> well, I should add that the, the man, I don't know if I mentioned the man's name is Satoshi. So I think you're mistaken there, James. Very, okay. very close. <laughs> no, nothing to do with Satoshi Nakamoto. <laughs> they just found some random guy. I mean, props to them is a good marketing strategy, but it's only going to work in the short term. And we've oh, seen this before. You know, in uh, 2017, 2018, people would just change their company names to include blockchain and they'd, they'd, go, they'd go up 300%. It kind of seems like that. I mean, I'm not sure it's even a good marketing strategy. Now everyone just thinks they're idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what, sorry, go on, Gavin. I was going to say, it does, have, it does have some links to cryptocurrency uh, and blockchain, uh, specifically blockchain rather than crypto. So the thing behind it is called Project Pi or PAI. I'm not sure how they're going with that, but it's a decentralized platform for avatars that you can make from your own personality. And so they've made this video of a news anchor, as we've said, called Satoshi. And I'll drop a link to it in the, the show notes so you can watch the video. Uh, the guy's got a very odd, mixtured voice. Kind of sounds a bit like Morgan Freeman and Professor Farnsworth from... He's <laughs> <laughs> got a really weird... Because it's a completely digital voice, so it's like it's a really weird combination. But, um, but it is, I, I think it kind of is an interesting project in that it's showing where, where that sort of where we're going to be in the future and you see it in like the sci-fi films from you know like the late 80s where on the screens when they're in like a big mall and all of the newscasters are digital representations and that sort of thing so right. it kind of is like that coming hmm. into the now but like you guys have said using satoshi nakamoto's name <laughs> in the middle of consensus you know i can I imagine most of the people at consensus didn't really give it much much of a thought no no so i was hoping to be able to discuss the relative merits of some of the alternatives of who might actually be satoshi nakamoto we were going to try and break down who they did reveal it to be and, and go from there but They've not helped us in the slightest. So <laughs> but we're going to press on and still talk about some of the alternatives, who it may or may not be. Quick show of hands. Who do you all think? Uh, I thought I thought Hal Finney. But I don't Finney. think it's one person. I think it's a group, but I don't think we know any of them. Yeah, I previously thought it was Hal Finney um, because of a handwriting, but maybe, maybe yeah. we'll never know. I mean, Hal Finney, obviously, sadly, he's no longer with us. Uh, he passed away from ALS back in 2014. People say maybe Nakamoto was a secondary account for Finney. I don't know if there's any merit in that. Uh, to me, the one thing that really ties this together, Finney, though, and I think I'm right in saying that there was a chap called Dorian Satoshi Nakamoto who lived, you know, a few streets over from where Finney lived. Now, I'm not familiar with... Uh, Japanese names, but it doesn't strike me as a particularly common name in the United States necessarily. During the time that this was happening, Dorian Satoshi Nakamoto's house 
uh, was being foreclosed by a bank. It was in the midst of the 2008 financial crash. So I just don't see that uh, the coincidence is too large for Hal Finney not to be involved, I think. I didn't know uh, that about the, uh, the foreclosure and the, the neighbour. That's, that's quite interesting. Yeah, a couple of blocks over. I mean, but I, I think, James, you said that you thought it was a group of people. And well, why is that? Um, there's just been a couple of things that I've read that seem to suggest that. I, and ultimately, I don't know that I really need to know who Satoshi is. I think that's the thing that, that stops me overthinking it and getting into who could it be too much. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, it's here. It works. And I don't know that we need to know who created it. In fact, it's kind of more interesting that we don't. Yes, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, the, 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 sorry, go on. Uh, well, uh, whoever they are, they've done such a good job at not revealing themselves so far, mm. if they're yeah. even still alive or if they're even one person. But surely you wouldn't want that pressure. You'd have people knocking on your door every day, perhaps. You might have governments come at you mm-hmm. telling you, how can mm-hmm. we crack it? It's, it's, it's got to be a nightmare, surely. Well, the amount That's of uh, Bitcoin mined by the initial, the creator, whoever that is, or whatever group it is, you can imagine, you might be at a substantial amount of personal risk as well, knowing people know that you've got that much uh, Bitcoin tucked away. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys. So let's move on then. Um, let's, so we're going to talk now. I'm going to hand over to Joe because he's been talking on the site, on the blockdecoder.com site. Uh, about the Binance hack. Uh, it's obviously been in the news, dominating the headlines recently. I think if it wasn't for the Bitcoin price increase, then uh, we'd be seeing even more of it. But what's going on, Joe? Tell us about it. Yeah, so on the 7th of May, Binance announced, or rather hackers withdrew and Binance noticed, um, 7,074 Bitcoins just gone from Binance's hot wallets. And so that's, that's a significant number to lose in a hack. Um, and it kind of goes to show that what we keep talking about is don't store your coins on an exchange. Mm. But fortunately for the users, Binance, we'll come on to the how and the why in a minute, but Binance have a fund which they have put aside, they put aside 10% of every transaction fee. So should something like this happen, uh, they have the funds available to cover it out of their own pocket. So they've got the, the money, They're gonna, they don't need to reimburse everyone because it's just a loss on their side. Mm-hmm. But they've also had lots of people in the community offer to pay the whole lot for them, which is amazing, but they don't need it. So wow. nobody's wow. lost any money, but that doesn't mean that this isn't a bad thing. So they're still conducting a security review, and they haven't really shared any new information about this. But to be fair, they did say they estimate this will take one week, and they post updates as frequently as they can. So it's really... We're only really on the, the beginning of that one-week time frame now. So perhaps we'll see something shortly. Have they resumed withdrawals now? I, I think I read that they had. Yeah, well, I haven't actually read that myself. I heard they were going to resume oh, today maybe I'm wrong. At, okay. at time of recording. So it's possible they have now resumed them. Okay. Um, the latest I know is they're doing a system upgrade um, tomorrow at 3 in the morning where they will suspend deposits and withdrawals. So the latest news we've heard from Binance is that they're performing a system upgrade on the 15th at 3am, which will take approximately six to eight hours, whereby they will suspend all deposits, withdrawals and trading. It's unknown at this moment in time whether this is related to the hack, but that's all the news we have. 
So onto the hack itself. As I said, they haven't really released too much information about what's going on, and presumably they're still investigating how exactly it happened. Sure. But from the brief snippets of information they revealed at the time, it kind of looks like this is just a coordinated phishing attack. So they've had to reset passwords and change API keys. And so it looks like, and in Binance's words, using a combination of emails and viruses and malware, hackers have managed to compromise who knows how many accounts and Mm -hmm. sort of combined them together to do this one big transaction. And so that's kind of all we know. Perhaps it was just a good old social engineering. Maybe there was a flaw in the Binance system. Binance have said it didn't trigger any alarms until the money actually left. So hopefully they're going to look at their alarm system on how that slipped through. Sorry, go on, Joe. No, after you. I was going to say, you mentioned earlier that there was, might be a community effort to reimburse the users. How, is there any news on how quickly that may happen? Yeah, or when Well, they um, several, several people have offered to pay the full amount, but Binance, um, as I said earlier, Binance don't actually need that. I think they've declined it because they have this emergency fund they put aside of 10% of all their profit, effectively, um, to cover this. So the users don't have to apply for anything or worry about where all their funds are gone. Binance have reimbursed it themselves out of their own pocket. So that reimbursement has already happened? I believe so. Well, the users, Binance have said this represents, this wallet represents just 2% of their total Bitcoin holdings and everything else is securely stored in other wallets. So at the most, this was 2%. It's likely this is a little bit less than 2%. But no, you can't, because of the way wallets are stored and how exchanges work, you can't say, oh, Dan, you lost 500 bitcoins. James, you lost 2,000. It's mm. Binance lost them. Mm-hmm. And so you, they don't really need to say, you know, sure. here's your bitcoins back. We have to sort of put them back or said, you know, we'll handle it. They seem okay. to have handled it overall quite well, though, don't they? In terms of the sort of situation we've seen in the past with other exchanges that have tried to be um, a little bit more quiet and shady and try to keep the fact they've suffered a massive loss on the down low until the the last possible opportunity they were really open about it and Chang Peng Zhao's been on Twitter uh, for what looks like 20 hours a day sometimes yeah they have been <laughs> they have been and talking to people very transparent about it and very calm but they're not perfect they did initially want to suggest a 50, effectively a 51% attack to roll back the block the blockchain as if this hack never happened. <laughs> and they only decided not to do it because there's such an uproar from the community. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we decided not to because it would cause too much harm. But we all know that if the community didn't say anything, they probably would have done it. Do um, you, they you... may not have got away with it because, you know, Bitcoin's massive. Do you think the fact that the community came out so strongly against them doing uh, a rollback actually might have something to do with uh, the increase in Bitcoin price? People seeing that Bitcoin is resilient and it it won't cave into a single organization saying, no, we're going to roll it back or we're going to do it our own way. Maybe investors investors are looking at that as a massive positive. Yeah. Well, when you roll back, it's like, what about all the other transactions which happened during that period? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine if you're just you're just starting out, perhaps. But I don't see how you can do it realistically now. 
Mm-hmm. So here's a quick question on that then. So you said that it was the community getting ostensibly quite irritated at the idea that prevented it. But in theory, they could have done it, right? Yeah, well, assuming they could control or convince enough miners to do so. They'd have to, yeah. they'd have to fork it and they'd have to support the new chain. So it's probably unlikely. It's possible, but improbable that they could so have gone need- through. So you'd need buy-in from a lot of people anyway. So it's not like it's something they could do in private and just go, oh, we won't tell anyone we were hacked. We'll go and roll back the blockchain. Yeah, they'd, pres- they'd have to tell people. Yeah. 51% yeah. of the miners. Yeah. Uh, good. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Okay, guys, let's move on to the final segment of the show then. I'm going to hand over to Gavin. He's written an article on the website discussing why fiat currency is still better than cryptocurrency. So what, what do you think, Gavin? Why is it, what are the reasons you've got for that? I wanted to start by saying I don't necessarily believe that fiat is better than crypto. At least it won't always be. But at the current time in 2019, there are some pretty compelling reasons why fiat is still has the upper hand, shall we say. Um, the biggest one is that for all we hear, and we've just talked about Binance losing $41 million worth of crypto and there's always uh, the fact you can lose your crypto wallet and that's irretrievable funds lost. Um, fiat is still more secure than a cryptocurrency account or any other type of, of crypto. The problem isn't the cryptocurrencies themselves. It's not the blockchain either. It's just the fact that it's a very young technology still. We're only what, eight, ten years into cryptocurrency, so there's going to be a lot of teething issues and there's going to be a lot of new technologies coming out to make it more secure over time. But at the moment, your regular bank is more secure than a crypto exchange. There's also... what, what, needs to ha- what needs to happen for the crypto to catch up there? Um, in terms of security, I think it's just a continual process of... Of development, isn't it? Um, you know, it's not. I'm not trying to say that uh, cryptocurrency is is extremely dangerous, and you will lose your money, and it and it will get hacked. It just mm-hmm. seems that there's a lot more instances of massive amounts of cryptocurrency going missing, or cryptocurrency exchanges being the target of widespread hacking groups, uh, coordinated attacks and what have you uh, that make it into the into the news. Whereas with the banks and stuff, I mean, it is all still going on, I guess, but perhaps it doesn't make it into the news because it's less newsworthy because cryptocurrency and blockchain is new and exciting, whereas attacking a bank is, is dull and boring and doesn't make the news in the same way. Well, I guess an equivalent for fiat would be banks used to use checks, didn't they? And they were extremely open to fraud. And, you know, it's just a bit of paper that says, I will promise to pay at some point in the future um, for this good. And then over time, they found more secure alternatives. So, like, that's why we've used cards now predominantly over checks. And barely anyway uses checks anymore because they've been phased out because they're less secure. And I guess you're saying that the same thing will happen to uh, cryptos. Yeah, definitely. Over time... It will become more secure. I mean, I've never had a crypto transaction go wrong, but I did get scammed out of some in the in the very early days because I was incredibly naive. I took someone's word in a transaction and 
that was it. It was a thousand pounds worth of Bitcoin gone. So it does. Wow. It does happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, which didn't didn't feel very good, but you know, it's it's a it's a lesson learned. And on the flip mm-hmm. side, I've I've never had that happen with a fiat um, with a fiat transaction. But to add to that, I have been mugged in the street for my wallet. So <laughs> and I've never yeah. been mugged for my crypto. <laughs> so you know, it, it 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 all sort of levels out, I guess. The other thing to add to that is the crypto market manipulation um, that the research team at the University of Austin in Texas investigated last year and released their uh, research paper at the start of this year and it showed a lot of the information we now know about Tether um, and how it was used to manipulate the market during the 2017 and early 2018 uh, Bitcoin price um, high. Right. Yeah. Um, The second point is that Bitcoin is painfully painfully slow i mean even with the addition of things like the lightning network uh, and other speedy transaction processing it still pales into insignificance compared to visa uh, which is well like 20 24000 transactions a second um, and with time and with more scaling other cryptocurrencies will begin to hit those those highs um, the fastest blockchains like EOS and what have you a lot of the transactions you see on there aren't actually transactions they're just transaction notes and stuff bulking out the the rate of transactions to make it appear as if there's uh, a much higher rate uh, a much higher rate of transactions being processed per second so it's not to say that they're not happening it's just that it's not how it appears and how fast is the EOS blockchain do you have it there I don't have the figure with me, um, but you can look up the speed and current um, blockchain load for almost all blockchains on blocktivity.info, which is a really handy website if you want to see um, which blockchain is under the most strain at the at the current time. So EOS is pretty much always at the top of the rankings. Uh, let me just look. So 15,000... 15,891,000 operations per day, I think that is. <laughs> Get your calculator out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that's oh, the difference lot. between operations and transactions. They're, they're different things again. Okay. So uh, an operation is... Uh, operations Basically, operations can be faked, but transactions can't. That's what it, that's what it comes down to. Um, well, yeah. And the other thing with the blockchain issues with speed is like when uh, CryptoKitties came online, uh, the the blockchain game, crypto mm-hmm. collectibles. You you purchase a CryptoKitty and you can breed them and so on. Um, the sudden surge of transactions from CryptoKitties put the Ethereum network on its back. It it could barely process a transaction so when things like that come online it can knock the rest of the you know i would say more important and legitimate traffic off so that's a massive issue as well and is there anything to stop someone doing that then <clears throat> to stop them no to stop to stop them making an app that's so large that it could just crash the blockchain in such a way 
In all oh, honesty, really? I don't know. I don't think there is. I think if you're creating a, a decentralized app on the blockchain of your choice, uh, I mean, I guess theoretically they could just, the owners of the blockchain could block your traffic from mm-hmm. it. Um, but why they would do that, I don't, I don't know if it's bringing extra traffic to them. If it's a if it's a blockchain that can handle the traffic, then then why not? With Ethereum, there's so many decentralized apps on there. There's always going to be some congestion, so it's just uh, mediating those those apps versus uh, legitimate. I will say legitimate because that's probably the wrong word, but against um, uh, other transactions. The third point is cryptocurrency adoption is still low overall it's getting higher and higher um all the time but the number of businesses that accept bitcoin remains very very low and the number of businesses that accept alternative cryptocurrencies is even smaller so over time again that will obviously increase it can only continue going up uh, when we have these price surges for cryptocurrency, when the price does start to rocket, I think more businesses do look at it and think, oh, maybe that's something that we could accept. But when the price is low, when it's middling along 3000 to 4000 and it's not in the news and it's only really the people who are really interested in cryptocurrencies and blockchains paying attention to it, I think the adoption of it for businesses and the, the public in general will struggle so um i don't know if you saw but on the 13th of may so that's yesterday for us um the company flexa which is a payment startup and gemini which is the winklevoss twins digital currency company announced a partnership with u.s retailers like crate and barrel nordstrom whole foods um regal cinemas gamestop and baskin robbins to accept cryptocurrencies at their scanners through flexa which I think is a particular is one of the first major, you know, in-store partnerships with a cryptocurrency. So that could also drive adoption if people know that they're going to be able to go to their local stores and be able to use it in a relatively easy way. And you say that's starting to happen as of now, James. I'm sorry. Uh, no, they they announced the partnership yesterday, so that okay. was the 13th okay. of May. But they have I don't think they've rolled it out yet. Okay. That's yeah. with the... the app with the funny name. Um, what's the app called? It's um, spend, spend, sped, spedden, spedden. Oh, it's like S P E D N. So it's like spend, but spelt wrong. Spend. Oh, is it? <laughs> is it meant to be spending? <clears throat> spending. Oh, like, like spending. We're spending. spending the money. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, I mean the Winklevoss twins have got a strong history of crypto innovation, haven't they? And they've got the the, mm. the crypto and the fiat currency to back it and those are some really big names to yeah. get involved with cryptocurrency so i can only see positives coming from that yes absolutely <clears throat> good okay guys uh should we wrap it up for this week then i'm happy to do so if you yeah. are i'm very happy to say goodbye to you always <laughs> that's a very charming way to end the podcast there dan <laughs> <laughs> okay, i'm guys. always happy to say goodbye okay guys well thanks for listening everyone make sure you tune in again in two weeks for the next episode say goodbye guys see you bye guys see you later and it's goodbye from me see you next time everyone bye bye